0: A dude and a chick walk into a studio.
1: A dude and a chick walk into a studio. <laughs> a dude and a
2: chick walk into a studio.
0: <laughs> a chick and a
2: dude walk into a studio. Now, dude and a
0: chick. Ah, come on. You don't like that? I like that. Can anybody tell me why a dude and a chick is walking into the studio? How about that?
2: A dude, a dude, dude and, and a chick, chick walk into, into a, a studio. studio. Hello. Hello, everyone.
1: Welcome to A Dude and a Chick Walk Into a Studio. I'm Katie. I'm the chick.
2: I'm Justin. I'm the dude. I know it's going back and around. It's like dude and a chick and the chick introduced herself before the dude. But, you know, we're <laughs> we're progressive here at A Dude and a Chick Walk Into the Studio. Yeah,
1: equal opportunity. Thank of you. Of course.
2: Yes. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Thank you so much for all the support we've been yes, receiving. Thank you
1: so much for all of the comments, all of the, the feedback that we've gotten. People have been coming up to me. I know uh, friends and other people have been coming up to me and telling me that they enjoy it, that they like what we're doing. Okay, that's cool. I'm excited. Yeah,
2: and I've had people come up to me and say, hey, you know, what we were doing was great. And I'm getting some great feedback. And that's all because of you guys. um, And we're going to keep making these. So as you know, here at A Dude and Chick Walk Into a Studio, our duty is to provide a fun, relaxing, educational, and chill entertainment experience.
1: Let's chill.
2: All right. And so today we're going to be talking about a hobby of mine, audio drama.
1: Yes, Justin has uh, written audio dramas before and produced it and they're awesome <laughs> everyone should go check out his stuff Well, uh, <laughs> and I've actually I have voiced in in uh, Project
2: Darklight yeah 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 you're uh so. you did well Katie you did well
1: <laughs> so it was, it's a lot of fun and it's really awesome
2: on the topic of audio drama I can't start audio drama without going to what first got me hooked on it have you ever really wondered Katie what people had before TV you know before we could sit down in our living rooms or bedrooms or whatever and watch tv what okay you're you're i feel old actually no i don't feel old i I don't feel old i was not part of a generation that did not have a television so i'm young i am a young person at heart and in real life actually anyway so before television what we had was what was considered the golden age of radio The 1920s to the early 1960s. Now, this was a period where radio shows and radio dramas were were prevalent. Now, just imagine what you see on TV now, and just picture in your head having only the audio to go on. Now, I do that from time to time, where I just leave the TV on in the background, just to like have a background noise going on while I read or play video games or something. Bob Ross. Yes, that's peaceful, peaceful, peaceful yeah, painting. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, draw that yeah. little, little, little sun, little, little cloud, cloud, happy little the cloud, cloud there. Yeah, anyway. But yes, radio dramas were prevalent back way before television. And my father and I had this bonding experience where one of his friends would send home some cassette tapes with, you know, various bits of Americana on there. And I remember he had this comedian from the South, Jerry Clower. We had like three cassettes. He was He was amazing. If you if you look on YouTube for Jerry Clower and his 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 um, acts, they're they're actually hilarious. They still hold up today, and nice. just check them out. But I'm gonna
1: check that out. Exactly. I've never heard of him before.
2: He's awesome. <laughs> but among those cassettes were old time radio shows, and my father and I would listen to them. I think this was a secret bonding thing because I don't even know whether my mother or my brother know. You, now you know, Mom and Jay. Um, <laughs> that, that secret's that, been
1: revealed. Yes.
2: Um, <laughs> but he had these radio drama cassettes, and we would sit and listen to um, Gunsmoke um, on, on, on these cassettes. We would sit and listen to Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. We would sit and listen to all these different radio shows. And it just made my imagination grow. Because with radio drama, you have to actually imagine everything that's going on from the sound cues they give you and from the way they script it. So, I grew up with radio dramas. My favorites were of course Gunsmoke. Around Dodge City and in the
0: Territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of
2: gun smoke. And of course Dragnet. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. And then, oh my gosh, this was my favorite out of all of these. Now, don't worry, my dad didn't let me listen to this. (laughs) He would always be like, all right, go your bed. And so I would hear of this show because he would listen to it. But then as I got older and I was able to find some of these, I listened to it. It's so cool. What I'm talking about is the whistler
1: what is the whistler i've never heard of that
2: i'm glad you asked i am
0: the whistler and i know many things for i walk by night I know many strange tales hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. Yes, I know the nameless terrors of which they dare not speak.
2: Now, the Whistler is this omniscient being.
1: So he's kind of, he's the third person?
2: No, he. well, he's the narrator of the piece, okay, essentially. So he, okay. It's a drama. So you have characters and sto- the story going along and then the, the, the Whistler often just interjects. In certain parts, right? Yeah. Now, the show gives you the perspective of the bad guy or the villain of the piece. Not necessarily a criminal all the time, but just the person who's the bad guy in that situation. The story isn't about, okay, who done it, because we start with who done it. The story is how is this person caught? What little thing this person forgot about or how? certain events coalesce that this person ends up either messing themselves up or their own consciousness getting to them or their own paranoia. And so it's like over a hundred, over like hundreds of episodes of just these mind-bending stories of criminals being caught by their own actions. And it's always this kind of psychological thing to it. Oh my gosh, so many tales of people just orchestrating their own demises by being bad people. (laughs) <laughs> the Whistler, I highly suggest taking a listen to that okay
1: uh where do you find these though like because i haven't i mean i haven't seen them <laughs> like on the podcast app or anything it might be but um, um where where do you
2: find uh, them okay, there are several places um in the d c region w a m u that's uh eighty eight point five on Sunday nights between seven and eleven they have this block of old time radio shows um I think it's generally called um, the, the big broadcast. That's what it is. Within that four-hour block, you get a variety of old-time radio shows complete with their original like uh, advertisements like Spearmint Chewing Gum Presents, you know, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Um, how I listen to them, um, aside from originally with the cassettes, now I listen to them on iTunes and Android. There are apps that you, you can download specifically that houses like a bunch of the old time radio shows. Yeah. Well, but I actually purchased individual apps that are of the show. So like I bought a, oh. a Gunsmoke app, a Dragnet app. And so in that app, you have access to streaming every single episode of those radio shows played. Like I listened to over 10 years worth of Gunsmoke radio dramas in the space of like three to four months. <laughs> It was so good. Nice. Um, so you can get those iPhone apps and Android apps. Just okay. search old time radio or, or the common nomenclatures, OTR. Um, also, there are a lot of these are public domain now. So you can just go online, search them out and download them or stream them online. So it's 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 really interesting. The The heights of creativity was back in the day when you listen to some of these stories and you hear, I don't know, man, it's just a lot of these things. They're the original concepts that we as a culture draw from and copy off of and just keep rehashing. But they've done it so well originally that it just holds up today, um, yeah. in my opinion, anyway.
1: Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask. So to make these, they had to they had to do like in the real time um Oh yeah. And the real time noises and everything. Oh, like correct? the Foley. like the Foley. Yeah.
2: Not even just the Foley. Um old time radio was a huge business back in the day. Like in a lot of these old time radio apps too, sometimes the only surviving recording of an episode is the rehearsal broadcast for it. Yeah. And so you hear all the direction notes and stuff going on. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. The shows were live on air, on radio, so people would just be reading. And then they'll have the Foley artist yeah. to your question, like yeah, making the, the sound of making the sound the effects room. as to your, you know. Yeah. And it's imagine I back in the Foley. day. Now we just grab a sound effect from a from a library and just like chuck it into, yeah. an, you know, and Although you they
1: it. do have uh, when I was at, at school, when I was mm-hmm. in college, I went to Full Sail, uh, We actually had a professional Foley artist come in and show us, you know, some of the stuff that he did. Ooh, wow! It was so cool. He even. Uh, he put on heels... <laughs> And <laughs> showed us like how he would do like a, a woman walking, you know. Uh, it was he just had like a slab of wood, <laughs> you know. And it, it was great. So,
2: oh my god! And like, like the, the the coconut cut in half to make horse <laughs> <coos. Right>?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that Exactly. that kind of thing. Yeah, That's it's, like- it's so cool. Foley is is an amazing amazing job. Like, yeah. um, uh it, it's amazing the things they do to to get these sounds. Yeah. you know,
2: and these are things you might never really know of. You can pick anything and just like process it, process the crap out of it or just combine it with other sounds to create something totally new and something totally iconic like that. It's yeah. really interesting. So, um, cool. so we go from old time radio. And then as I was getting older, I started to notice like on BBC Four, and I'm not sure if they, they do it elsewhere. They do a whole host of audio trauma, some original series and some series they adapt from books and other media. Like there was a, a audio drama of the importance of being earnest by Oscar Wilde. That nice. is a really good. That is a really good thing to listen to. I mean, it's a really good thing to read, but to hear it as it's meant to be portrayed, it's really interesting. But yeah, That's places awesome. like the BBC, and then of course like Japanese animation. I'm a big fan of anime. Yeah. And, I
1: know. Okay. Thank
2: you. Very much. <laughs> I, I, I
1: nothing against that.
2: Nothing against. I'm just it. joking.
1: <laughs> no, no. I just don't know much about it, so it's well, okay.
2: Um, They would have audio drama CDs, um, you know, extra content for the fans if they buy DVDs or if they buy merchandise and stuff. Something a little extra. And and that's kind of also where I came in on that. And then, of course, Flash videos. In the late 90s to early 2000s, Flash animation videos really introduced me to the concept of voice acting because, as I said, Japanese animation has been a huge phenomenon in, in, in America and around the world. Yeah. And so the rise of the dub, as it's called, where English voice actors will dub over the, the, the anime yeah. has become a thing. And so growing up, you know, I see Japanese anime and I would hear the English voices and I'm like, huh, that would be a great in- industry to get into. Right. And then, you know, that seemed, you know, so far fetched and stuff. It seemed like something that was out of reach. And then you saw these flash animations and you saw that these were dubbed over. The, they had voice actors in them and they were quote unquote amateur voice actors, but they were directed so well and they had talent. And so it was like, whoa, like these guys are really cool. And for me, having that history in old time radio, being interested in, 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 in um, Japanese animation and coming up to the US, I... Always wondered, you know, how would I possibly get into it? And just as a hobby, I checked online, as you can find anything online these days, right? Mm -hmm. And so I happened upon this um, forum site, Voice Actors Alliance. It's no longer here. But it opened up this entire spectrum of activity. Like, all these were audio dramas. People were creating audio dramas. People were actually creating the things that I've wanted to do, or I've been listening to, or I've had an interest in for all this time. And so at that point, I wanted to be a voice actor. I was like, aha, I'm gonna be a voice actor. So I signed up for the site and that's why I have this American accent. (laughs) I practiced it, practiced it, practiced it, auditioned for lines, auditioned for roles rather. And didn't get any main roles. I was like, oh, okay. I got man in crowd A. I got uh, a <laughs> soldier B. I got, you know, random bypasser, random, rabble, the, ran, rabble, random, random, yeah, random stander by Walla, like just rattle. It was like voices <laughs> in the background kind of thing. And so, you know, eventually.
1: Asparagus, rhubarb, asparagus,
2: rhubarb. Yes. Asparagus, rhubarb. I don't know what that's from. so gonna, That's
1: more theater. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to explain that one yeah, sometime. Yeah, I will. I will.
2: Um, but yeah, so I was not getting any roles. And of course, I was a newcomer. And I'd been up doing it for like four months at the time. And I was like, you know what? I want to give people like me a chance. People like me, like newcomers who, because there were a lot of good people on that site, like good voice actors and actresses. And so they were getting a lot of the roles. So I was like, I'm going to, I want to, I'm going to create something and i was a writer i am a writer actually and growing up i've written a bunch of stories you know and i wasn't a good writer at the beginning but yeah, you know you
1: get better you keep as writing you, go along, you keep writing
2: yeah. and so well, i have this one story I've, I've completed after like 8 or 9 years and if you look at the very first chapter like all the way to the end you can it's actually a roadmap to my improvement because I finished it by the time I had actually cemented my my writing style. Yeah. So I always keep it around to kind of humble myself. <laughs> um, I, like, I've like i also rewritten it in my current style, so it's like it's evenly written. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I had a lot of stories in the wings. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to change some of these into audio dramas. And I somehow acquired a Cool Edit Pro. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's an audio um, editing software, and that's the precursor to Adobe Audition, which is my preferred yes um, program right now. Might as well. <laughs> and so I started doing trial and error, and just I put up a casting call for my story, and then people audition, and I, I just started. I, I produced it, and lo and behold, I lost interest in voice acting completely. And got more interested on the actual production of the thing. I was like, okay, I will just write more stories, create more scripts, you know, start audio editing, start like create the whole, the whole tapestry of an, the way you can create an entire world. It just, it just, it's amazing. It was so cool. And so I even changed majors because of that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, I went to Howard University, and um, I was in my junior year, the beginning of my junior year. So I was almost out. Yeah my major was journalism. Mm -hmm. And I'd been doing the audio drama thing for about a year and a half at that, no, two years at that point. And my mom had come up to visit and I was sitting in the School of Communications office at Howard University. Mm -hmm. And we were just waiting to talk to one of my advisors on some other matter or whatever. And I saw the course, you know, they have these all these pamphlets with um, course um, structures and stuff and like major. And I looked at one and I was like, radio, TV, film production. Hmm. This sounds exactly like what I want to do. And my mom was like, okay, well, that's nice. Let's just go. And like, no, mom, I kind of want to change majors. (laughs) And she looked at me and she's like, you're going to have to be the one to tell your father about that. And I'm like, okay. uh, Yeah. So yeah, it cost me an airful and um, an extra <laughs> year in college. But I was able to completely change my major. It's all because of that interest into uh, in um, audio dramas. And while I may not have stayed with audio in terms of my professional development, like I'm more into video now, I, I still pine for creating audio dramas and like listening to those and just creating them.
1: So uh, one question I did have, do you think that the, you know, audio books kind of compare it to audio dramas. I know they don't, you know, most mm. audio books don't have the the foley in it, don't have the sounds and everything. Mm. And a lot of them don't have multiple um, multiple voices. Mm. A lot of them just have, you know, the one person who narrates, you know, and reads the book and does different voices mm-hmm. uh, com- uh, depending on the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about...
2: Hmm. That's a really interesting question because... I would never actually thought about it before. Um, I don't know. Like, I I think in my mind, it's a yes and no situation. It's really weird because no in the fact of like audio drama to me, radio plays, audio dramas, those are synonymous terms. They require painting a soundscape, as it were, creating an entire world through audio, like including, you know, sound effects, even, you know, music and full, like that kind of thing. Yeah. On top of the acting. Yeah. But... I've listened to some really good audiobooks, like um, Laurie R. King's Mary Russell series. That's my favorite series to listen to because the actress who who narrates, she does all the characters so distinctly. It has me enraptured. And now to this day, I can't read that book. I can't read that series because... I have to hear like in my mind yeah, it's already just I hear her voice yeah. and I and I hear her narration. And I hear her as as Mary Russell, I hear her as Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. I hear her as Mrs. Hudson, I hear her as all the other characters. It's just like although for one book I don't know if I haven't read past that book, but um for one book they actually got a male actor to do the, the the Holmes voice i didn't know I, I felt about that
1: i i i've listened to two or three of those mm-hmm. uh i just haven't you know yeah. i' because you told me about it i haven't <laughs> gotten far enough in it um I love them but i think I think it is like the second or third book I believe that they do that but uh yeah no i I really like it too i think it's awesome it's, it's a great story, and the way she voices everyone it's it's
2: And and that's something that's emblematic of the entirety of of audiobooks because you you can't just read the book on tape and and, and have it be enthralling or interesting to read. Like, I'm reading The Eye of the World by Robert Jordan now. Well, audio. I'm listening to the audiobook, rather. (laughs) And it's a guy who's reading it. And Mm -hmm. all the nuanced voices he does, even for the female characters and for the other characters, even for the... Like, I think... To me, that gives it a yes, in my opinion, in terms of whether it's audio drama, because you have so much acting and so much particularly well thought out voices and and, and the way you act and the way you create these characters um, to give the book justice, to give the characters justice from how they're portrayed in the book. Um, I think the acting kind of puts them in the territory of audio drama, but the whole concept to me of audio drama requires the... The, the, the foley and yeah. all the other stuff. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, that, thanks for that question. Uh, like now you've got me all like um, <laughs> confused. We, we'll, we'll actually have to pose this question to our very first guest on this podcast. Yay. He's Rob Patterson, a very old friend of mine. We're both audio drama producers from well back in the day. Uh, and I couldn't think of a better person to talk about this with. He's an accomplished writer and he also has his own podcast. The Department of Nerdly Affairs.
1: That sounds amazing.
2: I mean, I'd like to be a part of that department.
1: I know, me too.
2: I mean, you know, we're, we're doing the chick in the studio and we're just chilling and we're, here.
1: And we're both big nerds. Yeah, so, so. Let's,
2: let's hope he allows us to join the Department of Nerdly Affairs. So we interviewed Rob earlier, and so we're going to play that interview for you, and then we're going to come back. Anyways, here's Rob. Hi, folks. How you doing? We're doing well. Thank you very much for uh, coming on our podcast. No, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So, Rob, um, when we ended off, Katie posed a, a wonderful question, and I thought that would be the first question we ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, with regards to audiobooks, yes. right, would you consider those a form of audio drama?
0: Ah, you have asked a very important question that many people have been debating for a very long time. Um, the answer I usually go with is this is that audio drama is dialogue and music and sound effects based, whereas audio books are narration based so that even if you have a audio book that has a full cast, for example, and have different actors reading, there's still a strong element of narration there. Like the core is still narration and then the actors are building on top of that Whereas with an audio drama, I find it's usually the other way around. It's truly a character speaking from their own mind or thoughts or whatever, or characters speaking mm-hmm. to each other.
2: Yeah. You know? Okay.
1: Yeah. That makes that makes sense. Yeah.
0: To me, as I said before, it was a yes and no,
2: but uh, you clarified it a little bit. So well, that's that's, that's, cool. that's my
0: definition. I'm sure that uh, some other audio dramatists, people who perhaps who are wiser than I um, might actually have a argument about that or different different opinions i mean obviously there are audio dramas that are mostly narration from the main character narrating their way through the story or narrating between scenes and such but Mm -hmm. i guess one of the keys would be that in that case the narrator tends to only be between scenes they tend to shut up once the scene is actually you know occurring whereas with an audio book the narration will still be happening during the scenes right so therefore it's still active the whole time okay cool That's what I like to go with anyway. That's what I tell my (laughs) students. All right, so next question.
1: All right, so um, why don't you uh, tell us a a little bit about yourself? Like, how did you get into audio dramas? And, um, you know, what has your journey been?
0: Ah, my journey. My journey starts in a trip to the Far East, to the land called Taiwan, Mm. where one day, uh, as I was riding the very bumpy buses of a city called Taipei, uh, back in 2005, I decided I needed to find something to do besides reading books because the buses were so bumpy that I couldn't read on the bus. And so I went down and I bought myself my very first iPod and I went on iTunes and I looked at iTunes and said, OK, what's free? Because I don't have a lot of money. And the only thing was yes. free was podcasts. And oh. back in those days, because podcasting was still fairly new, there were just kind of a handful of talk shows and a whole lot of people just churning out shows that are basically just old radio plays. Like uh, the old mm. Superman radio plays, for example, which are perhaps my favorite. Or mm. um, The The Saint with Vincent Price.
2: Oh, I love The Saint. I love The Saint. I've listened to all like all the seasons of The Saint.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so once I'd heard a bunch of audio drama, I then discovered that there were a couple of groups uh, that were actually making new audio drama. And I thought, you know, I want to do that, too. I think this is great. I only had one small problem. I'm a you know, white Canadian guy who doesn't speak any Chinese in the middle of a Chinese <laughs> city surrounded by Chinese people with nobody to be my actors. And mm. so... I had to go out and uh, figure out a way to do it, which meant that eventually I figured out how to do what's called satellite audio drama, where you get the actors to record their lines remotely and then everyone sends their lines individually to one person. They edit them together and try to make it sound like a real conversation. Mm. and uh, i use that method uh, i learned that by the way from a show called the sonic society which still exists today which yeah. uh, is done by a guy named jack ward and uh, showcases the best of modern audio drama so if any of your uh, listeners want to check out modern audio drama but not not old radio plays go <laughs> check out the sonic society i believe it's SonicSociety.org or you can find it on your podcast app of choice it's been mm-hmm. running for literally at least a dozen years probably longer than that Actually, way longer because I was listening to it in 2005. Yeah, so at least <laughs> 14 years. Yeah. And cool. it's an amazing show and will give you a taste of what's going on all across because he's always playing different stuff that different groups have done. After listening to the show, I thought if Jack's guests and people that he's uh, showcasing can do this, I can do this too. And so at the time, I was in love with uh, like translated Chinese novels, uh, which are called wuxia. Um, and, uh, they're kind of the Chinese version of Westerns, but fans were translating them back then. I got a little bored with anime. Anime, by the way, (laughs) is awesome. And Katie should go check some out.
2: (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Um,
1: I know, I know.
0: Um, well, check out some good stuff. Uh I can I can I can put some good stuff your way if you want. Um okay, just, Justin's taste is a little suspect, but you can trust me on this one. <laughs> the shade. The shade. That hurt my soul,
2: Rob. He just Rob. got you. That, he just got you. That hurt my soul. Oh my, uh, well, anyways, I mean, I'll you forgive are a you this fan, one.
0: So, uh, I did not know, dude. Kenshin Okay.
2: Let, okay. Let's let's save this for another time because that that argument can <laughs> go on for brawl, generations. Guys,
0: they're about to brawl,
2: <laughs> You're my friend. We're we're gonna let this one slide. We'll have this conversation later, though. Anyways, continue. Wait, I'm sorry. Wait, okay, sorry.
0: <laughs> um, so so uh, I decided to start a group that I called Kung Fu Action Theater, and this is basically a short form. But so I wrote up a script. I got my friends to act in a show. Called uh, Little Go and the Emperor's Cousin, which was uh, just a little script I'd written up, and I thought I could do something like a audio version of like Jackie Chan was my idea with like lots of kung fu sound effects and characters jumping around <laughs> and all kinds of stuff. Um, That's so cool. Yeah, and yeah. I,
2: I I love your I I remember listening to those. Those were one of my very first. Um, of your of your uh, projects that I've I listened to and I was so enraptured I had to listen to more and thankfully you made quite a bunch of them didn't you
0: I made ten of them over my time as an audio dramatist I guess audio dramatist is technically the word um, yeah. what happened is is they were kind of a little passion project that I did because once I'd done like three or four little go stories the first one by the way is horrible uh, it really is the actors are terrible they're literally just people I grabbed off the internet and it's not very good. They, they get better as they go along by the end they actually sound pretty good but by at the beginning they're anyway m- <laughs> um so i after i did a couple little goes i decided to try doing some other stuff i did one called um d ranger which was my attempt to do like a japanese style superhero show kind of like in the vein of like uh common rider or something like that if you know what that oh, yeah, is like power rangers um,
2: but not quite and i mm-hmm. i know i i know power rangers and common rider and, and sentai aren't Exactly the same. I was just giving similar. Katie a reference.
1: I love the Power Rangers. Ah, this I woman would, has good I taste. Would, I was Trini. <laughs> oh, I she, was Trini back in the day. The Yellow Power Ranger. Oh my oh, gosh! Yeah. Okay.
2: Rob just Rob just shaded me again, and I, I'm glad Katie covered it up. But I just had to point it out that he shaded me again. Um. Anyways, sorry. Continue.
1: Continue. <laughs>
0: um. Well, I, I know who to flatter in this podcast. Justin. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. um, So yeah, I was into the tokusatsu live action stuff like Kamen Rider. And so I decided to do one called D-Ranger, which was about a guy who gets a uh basically a suit of powered armor delivered in the mail one day and um discovers that it was actually meant for someone else but he got it by accident and now he's stuck defending the world from a bunch of other dimensional um invaders <laughs> and so i did a couple episodes of that and that was fun i did another one called team iron angel which was about an all-female kind of superhero team they were kind of like superhero mercenaries and i did one season of that and then eventually i did a show called um Twin Stars, which was my attempt to do a great grand galactic space opera um, about two people on opposite sides. One was a space pirate and one's like a young Imperial officer uh, involved in a stellar empire that's falling apart and uh, what their roles are and what they're trying to do. Like the pirate wants to destroy the entire empire. She's rather nihilistic. And the other guy's trying to save the empire as best he can. And uh, we did 22 episodes of that, actually. That was probably my Mm. most long running and successful show.
2: And I loved it. Um, I I played uh, Hanzo Vasquez. Hanzo Vasquez. Um, He was the bad guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, Um, in my second season, you're basically the second season main villain is what you are. You know, and the
2: second season main villain in any show is usually the best. I just like to point that out.
0: (laughs) Yep. No, no, (laughs) you were definitely the coolest villain on the show. I I appreciate that. that.
2: I appreciate that. Thank you very much.
0: You have this great, rich villain voice that um, really conveys evil and malevolence, believe it or not, folks. Justin can actually what? do evil very well. I can. Yes, 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 he can. I don't know how to take that, but I'll just take it as a compliment
2: to my uh, my. He's not as innocent as everyone voice.
0: thinks. Well, I mean. Well, he's a great actor. He's a great yes. actor. Yes.
2: I don't know if to take that as shade or not, but I'll, 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 I'll keep it going. Um, but yes, I remember listening to your little ghost stories. Like, I, I loved Wusha. Mm -hmm. If I'm pronouncing it correctly. And um, your little ghost stories are just like, as you described them perfectly, like little Jackie Chan kind of shorts, not Jackie Chan shorts, but Jackie Chan um, inspired little adventures Mm -hmm. that sees little go in all these situations. He either comes upon or is drawn into and seeing him and his cast of, um, you know, regulars, like I like sister cat, uh, mm-hmm. She was my. She was one of my favorite of his uh, companions, fighting evil using martial arts to save the day, et cetera.
0: Right. So I yeah, actually like, should point out to the audience. Um, well, he's called Little Go, but he's not actually a child. He's actually in his twenties. The Chinese use Xiao as an affectionate nickname, just like the Japanese use Chan at the end of things for as an affectionate nickname sometimes. So we're actually talking about a a ne'er do well gambling martial artist in his twenties. He's not a young <laughs> kid.
1: Oh. Okay. Okay. All right.
0: Cool.
2: That's quite a um, quite a repertoire you have there. Yeah, and-, and
0: by the time I was done, I did probably about fifty something episodes over um, a period of about six years. Wow, mm-hmm.
1: that's that's uh, extensive. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, and I kind of burnt out doing it too because unfortunately, <laughs> um, audio drama production uh, is even more intense than producing podcasts. If anyone wants to get into audio drama, just be aware of that. That's the number one reason I would say why people get into audio drama, but then drop out of it really, really quickly because they quickly discover just how tough it is, as Justin knows.
2: I'd like to say I am fully aware of that because I got into it in 2005 and Mm -hmm. I just kept going and going and going when I was in school, that is, like I was just starting college and I had a lot of free time. Like, I I studied and stuff, but I didn't partake in many extracurricular stuff in college. So I spent most of that time watching anime, playing video games, or producing audio dramas. And Mm -hmm. so I had a lot of time to do those things. I even um, had time to, you know, volunteer my services to, to other audio drama creators. Oh, I remember... Didn't I do D-Ranger, one or two episodes of D-Ranger for you? You did,
0: actually. You produced two episodes of D-Ranger. When I tried to bring it back after the initial run, you produced two episodes for me.
2: Yeah, and so, like, as soon as I got out of college, it was just, like, no time. I made the mistake of writing one one for the next. Like, I wrote as I went along. I produced Mm -hmm. one, I, I wrote one, and I produced one. I wrote one and produced one. And so, with that schedule... it it became increasingly more difficult for me Mm -hmm. to keep popping things out on a regular basis, as opposed to producing several or writing several in a row, then producing them in a row and then releasing them in a timely fashion.
0: Yeah. Oh no, it's, it's going to get you. I mean, they say that for every, was it page of script, it's at least a minute of production time. Mm. Uh, Even if it's not literally that it works out to roughly that. And that's Mm -hmm. an underestimate in a lot of cases with audio drama. Like it really takes you a while. Uh, To do audio drama. And the more you've got going on in your life, the harder it becomes. And that's a big issue because if you want to build an audience doing anything, especially podcasting, you have to release on a regular basis. You have to have a regular schedule when listeners can know that they can come and they can find your show. And if you Mm -hmm. don't meet that regular schedule, you will never build your audience. It will be really tough. Indeed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And keep your Uh, audience too. Yeah. So how did did you guys – Get connected with each other. Did you guys um, like uh, find each other on a website, or how did how did you guys? Uh, well, start you know, Match dot
0: com set us up one day, <laughs> and we were talking <laughs> over the. Oh.
1: Oh, huh? that's so cute.
0: Don't tell my wife, people. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, this was back in Justin's college days. He was experimenting. You know, these things oh happen.
2: <laughs> I, need, I mean, you know, other audio drama producers need to find other audio drama I mean, producers.
0: That's, know, not, exactly. that's it, the it's way it
1: good is. good to experiment. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed.
0: <laughs> Audiodramamatch.com. There we go. There's, there, there's going to be <laughs> an unsuccessful dating one. website.
1: Oh, there we go. There we go. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> no, what happened is there was a website called the Voice Acting Alliance. Which is Mm. a grand name for basically what amounted to a clearinghouse for, just a forum really for voice actors to uh, basically say, you know, I'm here, you know, I'm looking for a project, or producers to say, I'm here, you know, I have a project I need voice actors for, and um, yeah, that's how we met, if I remember right. You know, I I posted that I was looking for actors for the second season of Twin Stars. Here are the roles, and I believe Justin. Just sent in a submission, isn't that right, Justin? Um, yes,
2: I I do believe we had um, garnered each other's attention before that with um our respective works because I, I would comment on your on voiceactorsalliance dot com dot net.
0: Oh right, yes, at the yes, V A A
2: dot net, we you posted your finished product.
0: Yes. Um, there was a section, there was a forum on voiceactoralliance.com, which unfortunately doesn't exist anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you could actually post finished works there. There were original works and there were fan works. And while everybody was nuts for the fan works, there was this tiny, mostly empty section of original works where I would post to whenever I had a new show up.
2: Mm-hmm, likewise. And every time Rob released a little ghost story or, you know, one of the Twin Stars episodes, I would go in, and listen to them. And of course... You know, audio drama producers live on reviews.
0: Yes, we positive do. reviews or negative mm. reviews,
2: but reviews. And so, I would I would take the time to like, hey, I like this a lot. You know, um, I, I don't think I would go in depth because I, I, I was busy doing other stuff. But I would at least drop a line and say, hey, this was awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. And mm. Rob, when I started my um, my own series called Buta Gene, he mm. um, would also. Um, comment on it you know and just like he would listen and it was very it was it was one of those relationships where you started like respecting the other person's work mm. and you know <laughs> admiring the other person's work and then eventually deciding hey this person would like for me i uh i scouted rob for um a villain yeah you were the second villain in my thing too no no you weren't <laughs> yes you were Seizawi. Yes, yep. you were the second villain in my Butajin series. And so I heard your voice in some of your things. And then I was like, this I can one-
0: kill would- this guy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, your character did die. Yes. Um, sorry well, so about did that. Yours. It's fair. <laughs> I,
0: oh, I
2: didn't get there yet. Oh, then again, you know, like, it's, I didn't know I was going to, I didn't know that Hanzo Vasquez was going to die.
1: Bam, bam, mm. bam. Thank you for the spoiler alert,
2: oh. but thank Spoilers. you for. No,
0: actually <laughs> you did. You died at the end of that season. Actually, there was a, there was a huge battle and I believe you actually died at that. You even recorded your like death scene. Oh. It's been so long since you. It's been so long. This you've was like eleven but, years ago. But by uh, the way, that was the difference, though. You actually lasted a whole season, where I only got like one or two episodes, and then I was done. But you were you
2: were so much more cooler in those episodes that I made you. Though,
0: oh, thank you. You literally
2: destroyed everybody who came up to you until the very last dude. Well, uh, the yeah, very last but then dude then I just I showed up.
0: That last dude and. Unfortunately, he was better than I was, so it's just the way it is.
1: What a jerk. Oh, yeah, man.
0: exactly. I'm trying to remember what... The last dude was your hero character, right? But I'm trying to remember what their name was.
2: Um. Okay, so guys, we're talking about my audio drama, Butajin. At the end of the episode, I'm going to give you links to where you can find all these if you, you're you so inclined to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, you fought Eden. Eden was the main character. Right. Um, she yeah, the was the main character. Yeah, the girl was hunting
0: the pig man.
2: Yes, and... You seriously just destroyed her. Um, You destroyed her, and when she was about, you were about to finish her off. Her master shows up and just Uh, utterly annihilates you in one move. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, don't don't mess with my cute student. It's just not. This is not the way it works.
0: Masters, it's so annoying. I'm gonna have to go back (laughs) and listen to those again. It has been literally, I think, like a decade, right, since you did those. Yeah, it's
2: been over my last produced audio drama before last year was 11 years ago and that was project art light yeah and i did that episode and i just got worn out like life and work and everything and then a year ago my wife my wonderful wife who inspires me to do so many things she's like you know why don't you take up audio drama again and i was like yeah i'm gonna give it a shot and so i produced project art light episode two um the same voice actors more or less and it's really interesting. If you ever want to see like a true time capsule, listen to episodes one and two of Project Arclight. And you can see these two episodes were made 11 years apart.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And tell me if you, you hear a difference or you hear uh, like, <laughs> right. it's really interesting. Um, but yeah. So moving on, um, mm-hmm. audio editing. How difficult was that for you? Did you, you didn't, did you go to school for it or did you just like pick it up as you went along?
0: Oh, no, I was totally self-taught. Um, the short version is is that I had never done it before in my life, and uh, I decided I wanted to do audio drama, never having audio edited before. So I managed to get my hands on a copy of Cool Edit Pro back then. Um, I taught myself how to use it, and I remember my first episode, Little Go and the Emperor's Cousin, took me probably somewhere between 40 and 60 hours sitting in a coffee wow. shop on... uh. Wow. NTU National Taiwan University's campus and yeah I just huddled there in the back with my computer praying that it didn't run out of power as I worked (laughs) away at it um drinking too much coffee and so (laughs) so there's no such thing as too much
2: coffee by the way
0: And that was just doing the very, very basics. Like, I'm one of those people that I like to actually do it myself. I'm kind of a do-it-yourself kind of guy that way. Um, Not with, you know, physical stuff, but with software. Um, And so, (laughs) you know, I'm not a handyman. But when it comes to software, I like to do it myself. So I'm DIY. So I uh, decided to just edit it myself. I taught myself the program using, like, YouTube videos, I think, back then. There weren't a lot of tutorials, but I worked with it. And mm-hmm. a few websites that had a few little bits of information, and then I mm-hmm. mostly just learned as I went along. Each show got better than the one before it. I mean, I never reached your level of skill, but you actually went to school for it, unlike me. Well,
2: that's the scary part. I switched my major, mm-hmm. <laughs> so when I started audio dramas, I didn't know—I didn't know anything about audio editing. I I just learned as you, like you did. I learned um, trial and error, and then by the time I got to the beginning of my third year of college. I was so confident in my ability with it that I decided to change my major mm. in doing it. So I, I, if you list, go back to listen some, to some of my first stuff, I, And as I said, I keep all of these things to keep me humble mm-hmm. because they were utter garbage. Uh, but, you know, I still think I am, am thankful for the ability to even try that. And I also yep. use cool Ed
0: Pro. Everyone's first work is crap, Justin. That's just the way it is. The whole point of being an artist is you have to just keep pounding out the crap until finally the crap <laughs> turns to gold. <laughs> Good way
2: of putting it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh so Rob, so how do you with your writing and or with the audio cues, you know, how do you convey the actions and the uh the emotion and everything via only only the audio? Because it's you know there's no visual with it, so um, I know it's you know part imagination and everything, but having the audio cues and stuff how how specifically do you do you do that?
0: Well, there are a few things you can do. Uh, first, you have to realize that audio drama is all about using what's in the audience's heads. all right? You can really only use what's already there because what you're doing is you're giving them cues that they associate with something else. Mm. So for example, if they hear a gunshot they know what it is, right? If they hear a police siren, they know what it is. So what you're doing is you're combining sounds that the audience already knows and is already trained to understand and use, and then just using those to convey a story. So you can only use what's there in the audience's head, like I said. I mean, there are a few little tricks you can do. Um... Like, for example, you can have uh, commentators where other characters are commenting on the action. You can do the self-narration thing, which is what the old Superman uh, radio plays used to do, where he would be like, rrr, rrr, I'm wrestling this bear. Oh, my God, this bear is fighting back. Yeah, but rrr. that's awful. That's the most awful way to do it, though. That would be hilarious. Yeah, well, he does that, actually. And, yeah, there are episodes where he fights bears and fights gorillas. And it's usually, hey, big boy, I'm going to smack you around. And that's not an exaggeration. He really says that kind of thing. Oh. So Oh. Man in the old radio plays, especially the early ones, is a real jerk. He actually is. Anyway, <laughs> okay. anyway but so so. There's self narration, which doesn't generally work that well. I then, can imagine
1: it wouldn't be that great.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that doesn't generally work that well. The best thing though is to do what the Japanese do actually, and I did learn this from watching from anime. Oddly enough, you can learn a lot from watching or listening to anime. Yeah, you which can. is that the Japanese love to do that commentary thing. If you watch any fighting anime, or um, or better yet, just listen to them. You will actually hear that what they're doing is they're constantly having characters take an action, and a whole bunch of other characters comment on what's happening. It's like, oh my god, can he do it? Hey, is that the mysterious boogie boogie technique?
2: Going back to like ruining Kenshin, which you uh, anyway going back to ruining Kenshin, which I love, mm-hmm. and my entire country of Trinidad and Tobago loves it too. So you have them against you if you you bash it. Okay. Um, <laughs> The character Senosuke is that prototypical character because every single time Kenshin is about to to unleash a technique that Senosuke is present for, he's like, oh my gosh, he's going to attempt it. I remember one specific scene when he's just, Kenshin jumped high into the air and he's like, what is he doing? Could it be? He's actually trying to use his momentum as he's falling to to, to increase the force of the attack. And it's like, okay. um we get it but yeah that's kind of what you were talking about right yeah
0: that's exactly what i'm talking about and uh, they've been doing it longer than kenshin that's not a new technique but i I, did learn it from them i realized that what i call commentator characters are actually really important mm -hmm. um just the same as uh to do a sidetrack uh doctor who have you ever watched doctor who oh oh.
2: you just triggered katie that's her that's her that's
0: her favorite i'm obsessed with doctor who yeah, the original Doctor Who's anyway. I'm not they oh, don't yeah. know quite as much in the later ones, but the original ones, all the companions are basically just there to be commentators. They're all yeah, there to ask yeah. the doctor questions and to comment and to be the audience and to comment on things. That's what they're there for. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I noticed. I've I only got through the first uh three original episodes uh three seasons, um mm-hmm. and then Netflix took it off of uh and yeah. I'm very upset about that. Um <laughs> But uh, but yeah no I, I noticed that I was kind of like huh okay they don't seem as um,
2: to have as much agency uh, as they yeah. do in the new the new Doctor Who
0: well series. in the new Doctor Who's the companions are the main characters in the original Doctor Who's the Doctor and the people they meet are the main characters that's what the difference between the old and the new Doctor Who series
2: so with regards to voice acting both you and I know the importance of not just having a voice. You know, not just being able to do the voice. And I I find, in my experience, a lot of people look down on voice acting as a career or as, like, a skill. Because, you know, it's, oh, they just go in front of a mic and just, like, uh, read some lines and they get paid. No. Having done voice acting myself and having directed a bunch of voice actors and having seen from the Voice Acting Alliance days a lot of those actors and actresses who we we used are now fulfilling the dream I had. They're actually in anime. They're actually in video games, voicing Mm -hmm. characters. So with all that being said, what is your take on the necessity for good voice acting? What would be your counter argument to someone who just says, Oh, it's not a skill. They're just sitting in front of a microphone and do la, la 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 Okay, that's a horrible voice, but yeah, you get my drift.
0: I get your drift. Um, and the answer is, well, to the people who say there's no money in it, they're right, actually. Becoming a successful paid voice actor is probably on the level of finding a four-leaf clover. I mean, there are jobs <laughs> out there, but there's not a lot of them. I mean, yeah. I, I, do, I, like you, some of the same people, in fact, know a few people who got into the industry and are actually doing okay doing it. But there's not a lot of them, and they're pretty rare. Mm -hmm. Um, however, as far as the skill level goes, oh, hell no. Um, I'll give an example. One of my best friends is an animation director in Toronto. He's been Mm -hmm. in the industry like 20 plus years. Okay. Mm -hmm. And on a regular basis, they get stage actors and television actors in to do characters. Okay. Mm -hmm. He tells me they're the absolute worst voice actors (laughs) because the problem is, is that while most of them have great voices, some of them have incredible amounts of acting skill, they're used to using their body for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing is to be a good voice actor, it's all about being able to use your voice and your tone and your pitch and mm-hmm. the other elements of sound to convey a character and to bring that mm-hmm. character to life. And that's a whole other skill set than being a stage actor where, again, you can use your, your gestures and your body language and everything to convey what you're doing. So it's it really is. I mean this this doesn't mean all regular actors are bad voice actors, but it does mean voice acting requires talent, it requires skill, it requires experience and effort. It does.
1: That that has become a kind of not recent, but it's you know within the last uh, about 6 years, that's something that I have been like, "Oh my gosh, that would be amazing to be able to do, to actually do voice acting." Mm. I've I mean, granted I don't really like my regular voice, but I like to do different voices.
2: Showcase your voices, uh, (laughs)
1: Kitty. Showcase your voices so like my little um this is kind of uh, one of the voices that i have you mr. know this j. is just mr j um <laughs> oh, you know good. and my friend steve loves when i i do you know i do my valley girl and I, or that's what i call it you know because i'm just like hey you know what's up um so i just i like mm-hmm. i've always loved doing different voices um but i have just recently actually seen it you know and and justin has been helping me with it
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and like actually understanding what goes into it and it's so it it, it is really complex it's kind of it like is. oh wow you have to you do have to convey that you know because i'm right now i'm i'm using my hands you know because i'm i'm a gesture she's kind flailing, of person
0: right but there's a catch which is that you still do have to do some body language when you're voice acting because mm-hmm. your body movement actually gets reflected in subtle tonal changes in your voice. Whether you're yeah. sitting or standing, how your body is moving. Like the best voice actors usually are physically acting it out while they're doing it as well.
2: Like because, when you see some hmm? – um, Sorry, Justin. Go. When you, no problem. When you see like there's a whole bunch of behind the scenes. Like if you go on YouTube, you can see a whole bunch of behind the scenes stuff from anime recordings and when you look at them do their lines they're they're physically moving they're physically gesturing while all the while like bringing out the nuance of the character and so yeah
1: yeah and like with uh animated movies and stuff watching the you know the people the actors do the voices and stuff in the studio it's yeah you see them and they're like you know physically moving and stuff and and trying to make that you know emotion come through do
0: you want to know something that's going to ruin you that's all fake.
1: Oh!
0: Anytime you see more than one actor there, usually like you say you'd have like Robin Williams and Nathan Lane doing like cute animals for a Disney cartoon or something like that. If you see them both acting together, that's staged because oh, okay. they're almost mm-hmm. never – because there'd be bleed between the voices and everything like yes. that. There's only yeah, ever yeah. one person in that room at a time.
1: Yeah, that's understandable.
0: I mean they might do someone who's have someone in another room and they can hear each other if they want to have them act off each other or something like that but generally speaking now they they're often responding to the other actor's lines if the other actor's lines have been recorded before theirs but usually they don't record together at least that's what I've been told is it's very very rare that they're all in the same room recording
1: Yeah yeah, yeah. I w- I would imagine that would that would not make a good good recording I mean just like just like with bands you know you don't want mm-hmm. everyone in the same room because yep. you know, I mean, I know that's how they used to do the older you know older recordings and stuff, but it just everything bleeds together
0: yep so sorry sorry to ruin that you know image that but Disney always puts those videos <laughs> out and it drives people in the industry nuts because the truth know, is right? no, that's not what it looks like at all <laughs> um, the The gesturing part is real, that part's real, but the but if you see like a couple actors together, it's almost always staged. That's not an actual recording session that's that's a staged one that they've that they're doing just for the cameras.
1: Wah, wah. and they
0: want it to look good it's just like if you watch a you know tv show about spaceships and the the spaceships are always like nose to nose with each other whereas because it looks good and that's that's you yeah. know it's to make the audience feel the drama when in reality these ships would be you know a million kilometers apart
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> they never they they wouldn't even be physically able to see each other and yet yeah, oh, you know wow. but that makes really bad television so that's not what yeah. they do and so you yeah. know it's all about perceptions um and by the way, just to uh, roll, you know, Department of Nerdly Affairs for here for a second, my my podcast, which they've mentioned. Um we did an interview with Kimlin Tran, who's one of the more successful voice actors that uh, I, I know, know that Lin. I knew from my voice acting days. Um we did an interview with her last year, which is a really good one that I recommend people go check out if they if they're interested in knowing what's involved with voice acting. And you can get to hear Kimlin do like a hundred different voices during our interview. I'll
2: share a link to that in the show notes and I'll share a link to your podcast in the show notes. Thank you very Um, much. I think we're going to have to wrap this up because it's going um, a lot longer than we intended, which is a good (laughs) thing, which is a great thing because, you know, we have obviously have a lot more um, subject matter we can talk on. Oh, definitely. But um, I'd like to thank you again for coming on to our podcast.
0: Where would people be able to um, get your podcast? If you're referring to the Department of Nerdly Affairs, that would be at obeythedna.com. It's obeythedna.com. That's our,
1: that's awesome. That's a very
0: cool name. Yep. Um, it took only about 500 different website names to come up with that one, but we eventually (laughs) did it. It took actually two months for us to come up with that. So I like to, uh, I like to use it, but I love it. It was actually a perfect one. Don came up with that, my, my co-host. Um, so you also, you can find more about me and my work at uh, robinpatterson.com. That's Robin with a Y and Patterson with one T. And uh, yeah, that's where you can find me and my assorted work. And uh, yeah, uh, if you want to contact me, go there, hit a link, you know, comment or whatever, and I'll uh, I'll let you know what what I know or what I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs>
1: awesome, awesome. Uh, would you like to to plug a uh, Department of Nerdly Affairs a bit more?
0: Sure, I'll never turn down the chance to plug the Department of Nerdly Affairs. The Department of Nerdly Affairs is a biweekly uh, podcast where two really old geeks basically. Look at uh, some of the origins and obscure elements of geekdom. Like we're not a you know recent news event podcast. We're a uh, exploration where we like to interview people in like obscure corners of geekdom. Uh, we've done a bunch of interviews with like for example old animators from the eighties and nineties. Really interesting stuff. Like we had Will minio on last year, one of my favorites, who had. Uh, among other things, he was the guy behind a show called Exo Squad, which aired in the 90s. And he also did the X-Men, the animated series. That was mostly him. <sighs>
2: okay, that's um, sounds awesome. cool.
0: Th- those are you know, two names I suspect most of your listeners probably remember. Um, <laughs> yes. And he's done a bunch of other stuff. He was one of the instrumental guys behind the Marvel um, animated universe that kind of existed during the 80s and 90s. Um, mm-hmm. It faded out eventually. But Marvel, Studio- Marvel Animation Studios, did- based in LA, he was one of their first people. All, and uh, he and Stan Lee worked together for many years. He actually knows Stan very well.
1: That's um, cool. Oh, that's so cool.
0: And uh, yeah, Will's, Will's an amazing guy. He's a real gentleman. And I, um, let's see, we've also talked with some other comic people. Um, a good interview is also Ben Dunn, who was the founder of Antarctic Press. Uh, most famous for Warrior Nanarello. But there they're for a while, there were probably what, the number four, number five comic company in the United States. Um, mostly independent nice. stuff and uh, they're very cool but my favorite interview actually was a guy named michael monahan actually who was involved with a movie called american scary michael monahan is one of the number one historians about horror hosts which were uh basically they hosted like horror movies on american tv basically from the Mm -hmm. 1950s until roughly the 1990s and there's still a few of them around even today so in many American cities, if you look on late night TV as filler, they'll play like old movies and they'll often have someone like dressed up as Dracula or something like that, making bad cheesy jokes during the movie or something. That's a horror blah, host.
1: Blah, blah. Oh, that's cool.
0: And they're a part of Americana and our interview with him, he's a really fascinating guy with lots of uh, great stories to tell. And yeah, he's... Uh, is a great one, and yeah, we've done so many great interviews um, with different people about different subjects. Um, I could go on, like literally, we've we've <laughs> just done uh, seventy shows. And at this That's point, uh, they've been amazing. Too. And in fact, the one we're dropping this week happens to be an extended interview with Justin, your co host right there. <laughs> Ooh. So, yeah. but by the time you listen to this, it will probably be one or two shows back, depending on when you guys actually choose to air this, though. <laughs> it's yeah. fine. We're like,
2: I, I'll, I will also be plugging, uh, plugging that, that particular episode and your entire podcast, the Department of Nerdy Affairs. So, Rob, Thank one you. more thing, Uh-oh. if I may pull a Colombo. You've heard us. You've, you've had an interview with Katie and myself. So Mm -hmm. are we, or are we not department material?
1: Please, please.
0: Uh, well, Katie definitely is. (gasps) Um, Yes. Okay. uh, But I, I, Justin, all right, fine. I'm not going to erase your memories. Yeah. You guys can, you guys can stick around. You are definitely department of early affairs material. Um, If you guys guys ever want to join up, you are definitely welcome. Uh, We comes with a badge and a pair of sunglasses
1: okay cool um uh off air i'll give you my address and everything and you can you can no send problem
0: it I, uh, all right all
2: right um, you you probably and, already know um, mine. the only
0: thing is that justin is probably gonna have to renounce his love of rory kenshin <laughs> uh
2: not gonna happen okay uh, oh my well, gosh well, we'll
0: talk we'll talk okay. we'll talk off the air anyway awesome. so thank you very much for having me on guys it's been a blast no problem okay, okay. yes so- thank
1: you so much so that was Rob Patterson. Uh, he is awesome. That
0: he is. That was
1: great. <laughs> I had so much fun.
2: I. Me too. <laughs> me too. And now we're official members of the Department of Nerdly Affairs. Oh, Thank you, fellow I, agent.
1: I can't wait to get my my badge. And um, my sunglasses. I mean, I'm going to look super cool.
2: I mean, no, I you're say. not. No, you're yeah, not. I'm going to look, I'm, I'm gonna look I'm gonna super look. cool.
1: I, hey, why can't we both look cool? Come on.
2: Because... I'm jealous of you because Rob showed more favoritism <laughs> towards you. And, um, hey, that, I mean,
1: you know, Hoovians, uh, just <laughs> connect, you know. I mean,
2: that we do, but I'm also a Whovian, <laughs> so I don't know what's going on. Whovian is what people call Doctor Who fans. And which uh,
1: I thought was a little weird. Uh, just side note, uh, because Whovian, when I first heard that, I thought of Dr. Seuss, you know, and the Who's, but you know, whatever, uh, you know, who veins so, for Doctor Who. Exactly. Anyway, so um so you guys talking about your audio dramas and stuff, um, where can we find your oh amazing audio dramas? I don't wanna
2: I didn't wanna plug my own audio dramas on my own stuff. It seems a bit, you know, disingenuous. Oh, just do it. Okay, fine. You ham. I uh... <laughs> I, I can go for some ham right now, actually. Ooh, Anyways. I know.
1: It's lunchtime. I'm hungry. Um, Yes. <laughs> anyway. Um,
2: so, yes, I have a website called savant.com and it's just a place where I put my musings, my creative things. I have stories. I have my audio dramas and stuff there. So you can go to sandosavant.com, That's S-A-N-D-O, S-A-V-A-N-T.com, and just click the creations link, and then choose um, audio dramas. I have both uh, original works and I have uh, fan works, fan works being um, I basically took pre-established properties like Legend of Zelda and I just, you know, made, you know, (laughs) did stuff with them. But my original works there are Butajin, which is a samurai, a samurai drama. It's actually one of my, my, my only complete um, audio drama series and it's, it's, a huge love letter to Ruuni Kenshin, which, again, Rob Rob and I have some differences on ah, and we'll talk about.
1: I mean, that was great, yeah. by the way.
2: But, yeah, you can find <laughs> Ruuni Kenshin. Not, not Ruuni Kenshin. But you can find Buta Jean there. And you can also find that that um one I talked about that I had finished 11 years apart. Uh, Project Arc Light. The first episode was way back in 2007. And the second episode came out earlier this year. So you guys take a listen if you'd like and just just see. I, I like to think that I, I, I kind of remained faithful to it. And I don't know, tell me, tell me, tell us in the comments and in, uh on Facebook whether you would have thought they were 11 years apart.
1: And also, I hope I hope you guys learn some stuff. Um, if you you know, obviously, we encourage you to go back, listen to it. You know, hey, take notes um, if you are looking to get into audio dramas or voice acting or something like that like definitely you know go back and then uh listen
2: so that's it for us at a dude and a chick walking to a studio
1: please give us comments on twitter at dude chick show facebook at Dude and Chick Podcast.
2: We're also on Instagram, by the way. I just created our Instagram. It's also at Dude and Chick Podcast. Or you can send us an email with any thoughts, comments, suggestions at Dude and chick at gmail.com. That's Dude and Chick Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so
1: much for listening. Thank you guys. Really appreciate it.